Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for March 5th, 2023. It is the second Sunday in Lent. Join us in our call to worship. What is it like to begin again? It is like flowers in the spring that push through frozen ground. It is like babies learning to walk one clumsy step at a time. It is like Nicodemus in the night asking Jesus for guidance. It is like a Sunday morning starting our week anew. May we find God in our seeking. May we learn as we go. May we be brave enough to begin again. Let us worship the God of new beginnings. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree, in cocoons a hidden promise that her flies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed until its season something God alone can see. There's a song in Seeking word and melody There's a dawn in every darkness Bringing hope to you and me From the past will come the future What it holds a mystery Unrevealed until its season Something God alone can see In our end is our beginning, in our time infinity, in our doubt there is believing, in our life eternity, in our death a resurrection at the last of victory, unrevealed until its season. Holy God, we come to you today with our biggest questions. Who are we called to be? What do you need from us? Where are you in our midst? How can we follow you more clearly? As we read your word today, we ask that you would weave answers into the text. Speak to us through these ancient stories that we might find what we are seeking in you. With gratitude and open hearts we pray. Amen.
Blessing from the new book, The Lives We Actually Have, 100 Blessings for Imperfect Days, by Kate Bowler and Jessica Ritchie. This life is made up of so many beginnings and so many endings. We start new jobs and leave old ones. We move to new cities and leave our childhood hobbies in our parents' basement. Sorry, Mom. We become new people slowly, hopefully kinder and funnier. Friends and relationships come and go. Dreams blossom and then they wither. And we find ourselves here once again at the precipice of change, afraid to let go and afraid of what will happen if we don't. Might this be a place of blessing too? Blessed are we standing in the hallway between closed doors and ones still to come, between the old and the new, between the worn in and the doesn't quite fit yet, between who we were and who we might become. God, make it remotely possible to grow and change, become open to new adventures and untethered to routine or to the same old. Because the anxiety rising in my shoulders and filling my throat tells me I am unwilling, unlikely to step forward. Blessed are we who take a minute to look over our shoulder at all we learned from what was, the people we became, the people who loved us into becoming, the peace that came with familiarity. Blessed are we who trust this timing and who open our hearts anew to change, to new friends, to hope. Nervous, maybe heavy-hearted, but brimming with gratitude for a life so beautiful that it hurts to say goodbye. Blessed are we, turning our eyes ahead toward a new path not yet mapped. God, give us courage to take this next step, and enough for the one after that, too. Remind us that you have gone before and behind and around, and are with us now. In our leaving, in our arriving, in our changes, expected or shocking, 
surprise us with who we might become. Amen. Our scripture today is John 3, 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Seeking, how do we begin again? Nicodemus wanted to know more about Jesus, what he stood for, who he was, what implications his teachings had. And so Nicodemus came to Jesus under the cover of darkness. Nicodemus did this because he was a Pharisee, one of Jesus's very public opponents, and he didn't want to be seen with Jesus, much less be witnessed talking to him. But his curiosity had gotten the better of him, or maybe... Just maybe, Nicodemus saw that Jesus seemed to be soaked in God's light, and Nicodemus was drawn to him like a moth to the flame. I like the way Frederick Beekner interprets this meeting. 
Nicodemus had heard enough about what Jesus was up to in Jerusalem to make him think he ought to pay him a visit to find out more. On the other hand, as a VIP with a big theological reputation to uphold, he decided it might be just as well to pay it at night. Better to be at least fairly safe than to be sorry, he thought. So he waited till he thought his neighbors were all asleep. So Nicodemus was fairly safe, and at least at the start of their nocturnal interview, Jesus was fairly patient. What the whole thing boiled down to, Jesus told him, was that unless you got born again, you might as well give up. That was all very well, Nicodemus said, but just how were you supposed to pull a thing like that off? How especially were you supposed to pull it off if you were pushing 65? How did you get born again when it was a challenge just to get out of bed in the morning? He even got a little sarcastic. Could one enter a second time into the mother's womb, he asked, when it was all one could do to enter a taxi without the drivers coming around to give him a shove from behind. A gust of wind happened to whistle down the chimney at that point, making the dying embers burst into flame, and Jesus said being born again was like that. It wasn't something you did. The wind did it. The Spirit did it. It was something that happened for God's sake. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. And that's when Jesus really got going. Maybe Nicodemus had six honorary doctorates and half a column in who's who, Jesus said. But if he couldn't see something as plain as the nose on his face, he'd better go back to kindergarten. Jesus said, I'm telling you, God's so in love with this world that he sent me down. So if you don't believe your own eyes, then maybe you'll believe mine. Maybe you'll believe me. Maybe you won't come sneaking around scared half to death in the dark anymore, but will come too, come clean, come to life. What impressed Nicodemus even more than the speech was the quickening of his own breathing and the pounding of his own heart. He hadn't felt like that since his first kiss, since the time his first child was born. End quote. If such things are true, if the feeling of what Frederick Buechner is describing is true, then being born anew is not about being issued a new set of operating instructions, or being given the right playbook, or learning to follow the right set of rules, but it's something more like a wind blowing down the chimney, a surprise discovery, an unexpected awakening. That's what it is to be born again, to be born from above, to be born anew. It's seeing what's been there all the time, but seeing it as if for the first time. It's realizing that you don't have to just trudge along, but that you can lift your chin and have a look toward the horizon. It's being less resigned to what is and more interested in what could be. 
It's bursting out of the dark tunnel of the status quo into the blazing light of the delivery room. It's putting a stop to wasting your time and instead asking the question, what is my gift? It's creativity and imagination and conviction and energy all pointed in the direction of love. It's visualizing what's underneath the remaining piles of snow waiting to spring forth, visualizing it even before the snow has completely gone away and you can actually see the new shoots of growth. Born again? Born from above? Born anew? It's not going back to square one because you can't ever really go back to square one. It's saying, what's new? What's new with you? What's new with us? What's new in this place? What's new in my heart? Here's the thing. Life in Christ is always new life. Let me say that again. Life in Christ is always new life. So if we are in Christ, we are always being born again, born from above, born anew. When you read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life, Read it from that posture of mystery and possibility and eyes opening and wind blowing. And to do that, you have to be sure that you don't skip over the first part, the most amazing and encouraging and puzzling part, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world loved us, loved the creation, loved humans and all other creatures, loved the living, breathing things that God made. For God loved the world so much that God put God's humanly expressed self into our midst in order to show us the kingdom of God, to show us how to live, to show us how to love. What a wonderful and mysterious thing. Look here, God said. I love you so much that I am going to show you how to be fully and rightly human. I'm going to give you something to look at because I know how you are. If you can't see it, you won't believe it. So I'm going to show you. I'm going to let you see God at work, God with you. And since for you, seeing is believing, once you see it, you'll be able, if you so choose, to believe it, to believe in compassion, to believe in mercy, to believe in redemption, forgiveness, charity, justice. But I know how you are. I'm going to have to show you. You are going to have to see it. That's who Jesus was. That's who Nicodemus was looking at through the gloom. God's great love expressed in human form. That's how we begin again, by doing what Nicodemus did, coming to Jesus. May it be so. Let us pray. 
O God, may we be born anew every moment of our walk with you. Thank you for Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.
receive the benediction. As you leave this space, may God bless you with seeking. Seek out the hungry, seek the weary. Seek the good in every person you pass. Seek out the hopeful, seek the faithful. Seek God in each one of us. As you seek and as you wonder, may you find what you are looking for. In the name of our loving God who is always seeking us, go now in peace. Amen.